Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. So is the video intercom system the next interesting category in the smart home? Hopefully we'll find out talking to Jonathan Frankel, CEO of Nucleus, makers of a Wi-Fi video intercom system on today's smart home show. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, this is Mike Wolf. Welcome to the Smart Home Show. It's Thursday, September 15th, tax day for those of you who pay your taxes quarterly, which is something I find I have to do now as a, as a independent business person. But that's not what we're here to talk about. This is not a tax show. This is a show to talk about smart home, home technology. And I had a fun podcast. I talked to Jonathan Frankel of Nucleus, makers of a connected Wi-Fi video intercom system for the home. Now, this was an interesting conversation because I feel like this is one of those products that people are going to either be in love with or go, why the heck would I need an intercom system? And so that's what we talk about. We talk about, you know, will people use an iPad with FaceTime or does a custom dedicated video intercom make system make sense? It reminds me a little bit like it could be the obvious type of product that something like the, the video doorbell, which just struck me right away as something consumers would want. This is one of those things that just strikes me as something that consumers will get. And I say so when I talk to Jonathan. I think this is one of those things that consumers will get, particularly because you can do conversation from room to room in your home. You can do from house to house. If you have one at your house and grandma has one in Ohio, you can have a conversation. She could talk to the kids and see each other. Or you can do intercom system to app. So people can, if you're on the road, you want to wish your daughter good night, you can do that as well. So one of the things I think is interesting is just reinvention of Long, long-held categories using new technology. And I think this is a new one. What's interesting is Jonathan actually talks about how he went to CES January 2014, scouted the floor, and found out that literally no one else was doing this, which kind of boggled my mind, actually. It just seems like an obvious thing that this was a product that people want to do. And so that's when he decided to do it. So we talk about his journey, how they got to the point where they are, and how they're actually shipping now in uh, September 2015, they started shipping in August. So it's a fun conversation. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Like I said on the last podcast, I'm trying to get more of these out. I apologize for the busyness of the season with my event coming up in three weeks. And you may be asking, what event is that? Well, it's the Smart Kitchen Summit. That's a very subtle uh, ad uh, segue, wasn't that? I'm very, I'm very good at that. Uh, Smart Kitchen Summit, uh, it's in three weeks. If you want to go, uh, I'd love to see you there. I'd love to see you in Seattle. We, we have some amazing people. We have Charlie Kindle from Amazon coming and talking about Amazon Alexa and how that will play out in the kitchen as well as the broader smart home. He was kind of like, seemed like the superstar of Cedia. Like that's at least the way Cedia was positioning uh, him. I, I was just watching from afar. I didn't end up going this year, but I'm going, man, Charlie Kendall's coming to my event. And I have Nathan Mirvold, the guy who actually was the CTO of Microsoft for like 20 years, who founded Modernist Cuisine. So if you want to come, if you want to hobnob with these folks, hang out with me, I'll buy you a beer, come to the Smart Kitchen Summit. Use the discount code podcast, and I'd love to see you there, smartkitchensummit.com. And oh, by the way, listen to the Smart Kitchen Show. Uh, you can find that at smartkitchensummit.com backslash show, or just find the Smart Kitchen Show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's there. Before we start, a couple of Twitter shout-outs. Anthony Rayner, who's uh, 
very active listener. I thank you for asking and waiting patiently for the Smarter Show. Anthony's great. Uh, I interact with him on Twitter a little bit, and he's always uh, talking and saying nice things about Smarter Show. Thank you, Anthony. I also want to thank Vibu Norby uh, of Beta, the CEO of Beta. He actually said on Twitter he loves the show. We talked to Beta. We talked to Philip Robb, their CMO, but uh, apparently maybe they all like my show. Well, thanks, guys. All right, that's it. I imagine a lot of you, or at least some of you, are at CD. I hope you're enjoying Dallas. I'm here in 70-degree weather. A nice fall season in Seattle. I hope it's just as nice in Dallas. Either way, thanks for listening. Let's talk to Jonathan. Hey, well, I'm happy to have Jonathan Frankel, the CEO of Nucleus, on the podcast. How are you doing, Jonathan? I'm um, good. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. So when my friend Amar sent me uh, your guys' website and told me about you guys, I was really intrigued because I've always liked this idea of a modern intercom system. And we'll explain for the audience what you guys do. You you, you basically sell a video intercom system for the home. And uh, uh, you can do home-to-home communication, inter-home communication, and mobile-to-home. But you probably do a way better job describing it. So why don't you describe what you sell? <laughs> no, you, you actually did, did a great job. Um, the only thing I was going to correct was when you said for the home, but then you, yeah, you yeah. Uh, clarified and said it's home-to-home as well. So we basically do instant communication between devices. Uh, so whether you're calling from your kitchen up to your kid's bedroom or your kitchen to grandma's kitchen a thousand miles away, it's the same speed. So you press a button and, and you know, in a fraction of a second, you have instant live you know, two-way video conversation. Um, and it's just a way of bringing families together. So, I mean, in my house, uh, I have a, a home office. So my wife will you know, often call me down and tell me if it's dinner or she needs help with the kids or something. And, uh, you know, so she can use it as a regular intercom. But then in uh, from our kitchen, we're connected to my parents' kitchen, my in-laws, uh, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law in Israel, uh, my grand, my gra- elderly grandmother in Toronto. And it's gotten to the point where my little kids, so I have, I have three little kids, six, four, and two, uh, and they're able to, like, they they call their grandparents, you know, just with a push of a button, even when we're not around. So it can do all sorts of cool stuff. What I like about this is it's it strikes me fairly quickly as one of those devices, much like video doorbells did much like smartwatch did as something that consumers will just get. And that is not to be underestimated. I mean, I think, you know, it's funny cause I've talked about it before on the podcast uh, with Jamie from ring, people kind of giggled at the, at the ring doorbell first. Like, Oh, why would you need a video doorbell? But to me, like it was just such an obvious thing. Consumers didn't get, it. I think like this kind of falls into that category. You show it to consumers. Uh, they'd probably just get it right away. Thank you very much for saying that, and I agree completely. And, and our data somewhat backs it up. Um, so the whole whole thesis here is that this is an area that was neglected by some of the you know, the bigger tech companies because you know, maybe if you live in a small apartment in New York or San Francisco, you don't necessarily see the need for it. But um, I grew up in suburban New York. I live in suburban Philadelphia now. I have a couple of kids in a typical suburban house. And I saw the need for this all the time. Uh, and there are 60 million, you know, three-plus bedroom suburban homes out there. And our data shows that our core areas are Texas, Florida, you know, other places in the deep south. You know, not your typical IoT or smart home hotspots. But these are places where regular consumers shop, and, and that's who we're targeting. I guess one of the criticisms or one of the one I think if I'm just playing devil's advocate, someone may say, well, why won't you just use an iPad with uh, FaceTime? 
or something like that. I mean, that's going to be the, the obvious one. I'm sure you've thought about this. I, I have my own thoughts about that, but I, I'd love to hear you kind of respond to that devil's advocate type of response. Uh, sure. So there, there are a couple of reasons, but I mean, the, it, a lot of it comes down to the friction involved. So when you call someone, you know, on FaceTime, let's say, so let's say you're calling from your phone to their phone, yep. right? So you take it out, you unlock, you open FaceTime, you call them, they have to get their phone, unlock, accept. And then, you know, when they, if they do that, so it takes, you know, 20 seconds or 30 seconds or so. And if they do that, you know, they could be in the middle of something, right? And their, their hands are busy. They're, they're not able to just, talk you know and hold their phone and and just talk to you um with nucleus it's you know, literally one tap it's 200 milliseconds um and it's a wide angle camera that covers the whole room the microphone covers the whole room so you can walk around the room while you're having a conversation you know we often compare it to the difference between echo and siri right so with you know, Siri, you know, it's always there, but it might take a little bit more friction to actually get it up and running. You know, with Echo, it's just, it's frictionless, right? It's always there, it's always on, it's always listening. Um, so the ability to reduce that friction down to zero uh, is magical. So, I mean, we, we Skyped with my parents and my grandmother maybe, maybe once a month you know, before we install Nucleus, and now it's multiple times a day. What if you don't want to talk to your in-laws? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I made that joke before. I think people are going to start to think I don't like win loss, but that's not true. But uh, <laughs> well, do they listen? <laughs> <laughs> they don't listen, so I could talk about it. But uh, I actually, so I see your point. I think uh, you know Swiss Army knives, which an iPad is like the greatest Swiss Army knife of all time of the modern, you know, one of them of the modern computing world. It, it's just that it's not necessarily refined and kind of just. Uh, made specifically for a one task solution. And I, I think what you're, you're kind of doing is you're saying, you know, this is optimized for that, like you said, low friction, get to that point where you communicate fairly instantly versus having your iPad. Oh, by the way, the iPad may be probably in the bathroom. Go grab it out of the bathroom, mm-hmm. um, find the app, close the other apps, um, make sure the Wi-Fi is working. So I think part of the, what I would say is just optimized solutions oftentimes are just better experiences than, you know, the Swiss Army knives of the world. I mean, you can also you know, just kind of MacGyver an intercom system using like a Nest, um, but it's not, you know, and then maybe, or an iPad, but it's never going to be quite as elegant, I guess. You're 100% right. I mean, there are other ways to, you know, call your spouse or your kids down for dinner, right? Like, we're never going to claim that you need nucleus uh, in the house or you won't be able to find your other family members and tell them that it's dinner time. Like, there certainly are other solutions out there. But as we see time and time again, I mean, a lot of the big tech companies are successful just by taking something and reducing the friction down to zero. I mean, you can argue, and this is so, you know, trite and that I'll apologize in advance, right? But comparing everything to Uber. Uh, but you know, the difference between Uber and taxis is I mean, they're both, you know, four wheels and a driver that take you from point A to point B. But when you reduce the friction of standing in the street waving your arm, right, to pressing a button on your phone, right, it becomes magical. Right? And the same thing with you know that we're trying to do, right? Instead of you know, calling my parents and saying, hey, do you want to Skype? You know, let's take out our laptop, you take out your laptop and let's boot up and open Skype and hope it connects. Right. Like literally my kids, they come over. It's simple. They press one button and they see their grandparents. Feels like, you know, especially families with kids and also elder elderly people, maybe extended grandparents want to see the kids. This that's your sweet spot. I mean, I, I remember talking to Vivint at CES and they were talking about how so many kids use their video doorbell as like the, the intercom system to communicate with the parents. So they, they don't know where their parents are or maybe their parents are at work. 
maybe they're Lashkey kids. They'll walk outside, press the doorbell, and then have a com- proceed to have a conversation <laughs> with their parents. Like, and that's actually part of the reason why Vivint created their indoor cam because they felt like you know why why force the kids outside when they could just stay inside and talk. So mm-hmm. um, at, that seems like just the sweet spot for me because there's just such a need for people with kids to communicate with them and also the the grandparents the simple uh, the simple concept of just pushing button to talk. So uh, I think you're a hundred percent right, and and uh, we view it a little bit as the hybrid of what we call like intra home and inter home, right? So a lot of people that are buying it at first are buying it for the you know, regular intercom communication, right? They want to be able to call upstairs, downstairs, check on the kids. Uh, but then they realize they can also put a unit, you know, in, in grandma's house, right? So it's, it's this hybrid, right? If all it was was home to home and it's basically just the old video phones, I, mean, I think companies have tried that, you know, every 10 years since probably, I know, the first World's Fair, right? Like they, they've been trying video phones and it's a, it's a tough bar. I mean, you're at that point, you're competing with what you're directly competing with Skype and you're, you're competing with free, right? Here, because we have this hybrid communication, you can use it inside your house. Your kids can call your phone, right? We have a mobile app. Uh, when you're out, you can use your phone to check in on your kids and your kitchen, et cetera. And you also can point in grandma's house. So you offer kind of this hybrid functionality. And, and I think that's been resonating. Now, you guys are integrated with uh, Alexa. You've indicated you're the first touchscreen device, and I haven't verified that. But you guys have indicated you're the first touchscreen device where Alexa has been integrated. Talk about that um, and how, what that. What do you think that means for this device? Uh, sure. So hearkening back to your, your comment earlier about the, the Swiss Army knife versus the, like the, the yeah, focus tool. So – at first, we had all these exciting ideas. You know, when you're putting a internet-connected touchscreen with a camera and microphone and speakers up on a wall, there are thousands of things you can do with that. You can, you can do motion detection. You can play music. You can show weather. Uh, you can control your smart home, of course. There are so many things you can do with that. But as we began developing it, we realized that our sweet spot is focused on communication and just being as simple as possible there. Uh, and when Alexa came along and, re- and we realized that and they are taking care of these thousand other things that people want to do. Um, we approached them, and it was a great conversation because, you know, for us, we were able to, with a couple lines of code, able to add you know, immense functionality to our devices. And for Amazon, you know, to realize that you know, our customer base are you know, mass market, I'll call them, quote, unquote, regular consumers who may not have even heard of Echo and, and certainly might not be interested in taking out $180 out of their pocket and paying for an Echo. Uh, and they're also, they're putting up units in multiple locations throughout their house. So our typical consumer buys three or four of these and puts this you know, throughout their house. So for Amazon to be able to get Alexa into you know, three or four rooms in a house in a home that otherwise would not be purchasing an Echo... You know, it made strategic sense for them as well. So uh, you know, we work closely with them and integrated Alexa into it, and, and it's great, right? So you have you know, your core communication features as well as you know, basically a full Echo inside. One of the things that be- that's works beautifully with the Echo is the ability to hear far field. You know, Amazon's invested probably tens of millions of dollars at this point, I imagine, in the far field listening capabilities of their microphones, and I – just, I don't, I don't think that the third-party devices will be able to do this as well. I perused your Amazon uh, reviews, and I, I, you know, just, just real time. It, it seems like maybe that's one of the criticisms. There's not a lot of criticisms, but one of the people are saying is it just doesn't work as well 
as an Amazon Echo. Can you talk to that? I mean, will you ever be able to get to that point where you work as well as that go in being able to hear people asking for Alexa? So when the, when music is not playing, uh, we work very similarly, uh, to an Echo. We've actually worked with the, the Alexa lab and, uh, you know, we've benchmarked it and we have a similar performance to Echo when music is not playing. Uh, at least from you know, a reasonable distance, I think they're better at at you know long distances. Um, when music is playing, currently their performance is far better than ours. Although we have a secret weapon, which is a touchscreen, so we can you know, pause, stop, fast forward, rewind, you know, using this screen, uh, which is something that Echo can't do. Um, but we are working on a software update that will go live soon that will increase our performance dramatically when music is playing. I, I still doubt it will, it will equal that of an echo because you're right. I mean, they've invested, you know, probably tens of millions of dollars into that, but it should, it should come close. On the Amazon Alexa integration, anything that I could do with Alexa, I can do with yours. That's my understanding with any third party Alexa integration. Uh, so if I wanted, for example, to access any of the skills I wanted that I have, if I want to turn on my Vivint Arm system or, or turn, you know, close my quick set lock, uh, I can do that with your with yours because it is a fully integrated Alexa. It, it's 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 Alexa, so and it's no different than Alexa through Echo, correct? Uh, so, to the extent of my knowledge, and, and that's a real caveat because you know there might be things that I don't know about. Um, the only limitations are you can't play Spotify and Pandora uh, on Nucleus, which I think is a licensing thing. But other than that, I do believe it's it's exactly the same as an Echo. Always leave it to the music industry to ruin stuff. <laughs> those, those... You, you, you thought they would have learned their lesson from uh, from Napster. Yeah, right? come on. What's up, guys? So talk a little bit more about the hardware. Um, one of the things I noticed that is different uh, than uh, if I wanted to just uh, slap up an iPad on my wall, which I'm not going to do, is you guys do have a more of a – I don't want to call it quite a fish lens, but you have a bigger view on the, on the camera, right? Uh, right. So we have a 120-degree uh, wide-angle camera. Okay. Um, you know, with 5 megapixel, we can stream HD video. Um, we've also f- focused significantly on privacy. So there's a physical privacy shutter built in. So let's say you put this in a bedroom. Uh, you can physically close the camera. Uh, there's also software privacy, so you can you can toggle you know, software privacy, which basically turns it from an intercom, or which you, know, you press a button and you instantly can see and hear into the room, into something where you have to accept an incoming call. Um, but yeah, one of the benefits of controlling your own hardware is you know, the the wide angle lens, a microphone that's geared towards uh, picking up noise from across the room, uh, night vision, the the privacy shutter and just the fact that it's meant to be mounted on a wall as opposed to, you know, having a cord coming out the side and, uh, you know, bending down. Can I just say, Alexa, stop looking at us where it's, it's private time. If I wanted to, <laughs> you can try, uh, <laughs> it, won't, work. It, it won't work. Oh, you should work on that. Um, but we do, we do have a software toggle for Alexa also so that, you know, you can turn her off and, and she'll stop listening. You can buy the nucleus in a variety of packs. I think you guys recommend a three pack and a two pack. Those are kind of what you, f- you are foot forward with. You can buy in singles. Cause I was wondering if, you know, if I had like a, just a need to give one to uh, like, like my, my mom who wants to talk to me, my, my kids, you could do that. 
So talk a little bit about the bundling. What what is kind of selling hot? Probably the average. I don't have the exact numbers, but the average is I don't know somewhere between three and four. Um, but there's a bit of a bimodal distribution. So we have you know a lot of people buying you know the, the twos and three packs, and we have people buying eight, ten, twelve units. Because uh, I guess compared to a typical intercom system, right, if they're looking at putting a new tuner or a phone into their house. Uh, this is a fraction of the price for, uh, you know, a large exponentially, you know, uh, exponentially larger value. Um, but for a lot of people are just buying, you know, the twos and threes. We do sell some ones, but the whole pricing structure is, we're trying to, it's a much better experience if you're buying at least two. So we try to incentivize you. So it's a lot cheaper if you buy even two than if you buy one. Is there any specifics with the Wi-Fi? Is it just straight Wi-Fi? Do you guys have mesh? Because, uh, you know, video is a little bit latency intensive and bandwidth intensive um or are you just kind of recommending that people have good wi-fi in their home well always a good always a good idea yeah that's always a good idea right <laughs> <laughs> uh you can never go wrong with that yeah uh, always have good wi-fi uh, our friends at euro will uh you know will certainly suggest that um but the so it, a couple of things there so there is a mesh so we can turn on every unit can become its own wi-fi repeater um, and so even if, let's say in my house, I have my router and, uh, you know, all the way and modem all the way up in the, like on my, you know, attic, but I can, every nucleus throughout the house can become a repeater. So I can repeat the signal all the way down to the basement. So we, we realized ahead of time. That's that actually every- kind of a big deal though, I think. Yeah, I mean, it was like again a good reason to control your own hardware is because we realized that you know, some large percentage of our target audience, which are you know, sub- many of them suburban homes with people who are not necessarily tech savvy, will not necessarily have good Wi-Fi throughout the entire house. Um, so we needed to have a built-in solution rather than expecting someone to start going buying repeaters and figuring out you know how to do that. Um, so one thing we do on the hardware itself is is uh, have the Wi-Fi repeater. Um, but another thing that we do is, and this is this has lots of benefits, not just uh, bandwidth, but the the communication that takes place within your house uh, stays within your house. So as long as it's going over the same Wi-Fi network, it's just point to point within the house. It doesn't go over the internet at all. So it has privacy benefits, as you know, has uh, bandwidth benefits, but you know, if you're, we don't take up necessarily your internet bandwidth, just your, uh, I guess, wireless bandwidth, which uh, usually, which is, there's a lot more wireless bandwidth than there is internet bandwidth. If I wanted to talk to my daughter and I had a nucleus in her room and I have my mobile app, can I just dial her room or do I have to dial, does the all, do all the intercoms ring? If there are kind of like two um, areas of, of the interface is what we call home. This would be, you know, all the rooms in your house, your app, um, you know, if your, your kids have phones, it'd be, you know, their phones would be part of this. And for those, any device can call any other device. So let's say you're out, uh, and you want to call your daughter, you could call her room directly. I mean, last week I was overseas. I was in Asia overseeing our manufacturing, and I was able to you know, take my phone out as soon as I landed and you know, press a button and you know, see my kids in their rooms and say goodnight, right? Without my wife needing to be there at all, without needing to, you know, call anyone on Skype. Really, you know, a few seconds after I landed, I pressed a button and it was bedtime and I was able to talk to each one of them in their room. Um, so you can call room to room just directly. Um, the, the other area of the application is called remote and that's more for, you know, grandparents or, you know, cousins or other people you want to talk to. And over there, it just, it's a different, like private, like for privacy reasons, it's, uh, 
you know, you, everyone has to accept the call. You don't, you can't just barge into anyone's room over there. So uh, the kids don't have to worry about grandma spying on them. <laughs> it ha- it's like the remote call has to be accepted. I mean, so talk a little bit about the privacy issues and like, it seems like people would want very specific privacy rules. Um, and it sounds like if you have a remote, uh, if grandma has one in Minnesota, she's calling us in Seattle. She just can't like see what uh, my daughter's up to or, or what's going on in our room. We have to accept the call. Uh, correct. So, and, and you probably wouldn't even necessarily set her up to be able to see your uh, your daughter's bedroom. You might only you know, set her up to see your kitchen. Right. So the only unit in your entire network that she can call is your kitchen unit. Um, so the the way the privacy works is we've we've kind of always uh, erred on the side of privacy. Right. When you put an internet connected you know, camera in people's homes, you have to be very very careful. So. Everything has been built with you know, privacy and security you know, from the ground up. So everything's encrypted. Uh, our databases are encrypted. Uh, the when you place a call inside the house, it doesn't touch the internet. It just stays. Everything stays local. Um, the default inside the house is that you know, between any two devices, you press a button and you're able to to see each other instantly. But as I mentioned before, there's software privacy, which would which means you have to accept the call before the the caller sees anything and there's also physical you know privacy shutter which closes the camera lens uh and then for remote units so this is for grandma your in-laws etc uh you would only give them access to certain units in the house they don't have access to all of them usually it's going to be somewhere in a, in a pretty open area like the kitchen and even so you have to accept every single call there's no way for them to just yeah as you're eating dinner there's no way for them to just barge in you guys have only been on sale for about a month. I think you guys went on sale in August. I'm curious to see if you're seeing much uptake in non-consumer homes, uh, non-consumer environments, right? I mean, I could see small businesses maybe being interested. So maybe talk about uh, just in these early days, uh, some samplings of what you're seeing from a cus- early customer standpoint. Uh, sure. So the the main consumers are like the hypothesis is bearing out. Right? These are people in, you know, who usually have – kids who have elderly parents who want to be able to talk to their kids and their parents want their parents talk to their kids. That's the overwhelming bulk of consumers. Uh, but you're right. Like there are people never cease to amaze us with, uh, with the use cases they come up with. Uh, we have people using it to talk to their pets uh, and have it as kind of like a pet cam. Um, there are schools that are using it. Uh, there are small businesses that with multiple satellite offices that are using it. We actually try to discourage like a, you know, a school, from using it just because we don't want to promise you anything that we're not. And, you know, school should conserve their money. So we don't want to, we don't want to support anything. We don't want to promise anything that we're not, but for, for many like regular consumer use cases, even small business use cases, it does make a lot of sense, right? To put one on your desk and you have a partner, you know, across the country to be able to just see instantly. So, uh, you know, one button and, and you can see and talk to them. You have an interesting origin story. Uh, you're not a conventional, you haven't been a conventional uh, entrepreneur. Um, you actually were a rabbi. So talk a little bit about your background. Uh, sure. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess non-conventional would be a, <laughs> a relatively good summary. So, well, I started conventionally. Uh, I have a computer science degree. Um, I got it from Yeshiva University in New York, uh, which is a small Jewish college. And I stayed on there to become ordained as a rabbi. Um and never, never practiced in a 
full capacity, but even to this day, I, I practice in like a late capacity. I give lectures and write articles and, and serve on a couple of uh, charitable boards. Uh, but from there, I went to Harvard Law School. Uh, every intention of being a lawyer until, you know, actually uh, found out what it meant to, to act as a lawyer. Um, so that, that does my dreams. Pretty that happens quickly. a lot, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so while I was in law school, I mean, I actually loved law school. I mean, law school was fascinating, interesting. And, uh, I mean, I loved the study and the theory, just the actual practice didn't really appeal to me. So, I mean, I worked at a hedge fund while I was there. Uh, after law school, I went to the Boston consulting group, uh, which was great. I mean, you, you work on so many fun, interesting problems. I did everything from, uh, project demand for nuclear fuel to help a large dollar star chain negotiate with their toilet paper suppliers, uh, and, and everything in between. Uh, but. <laughs> Yeah, like it, cool, like cool, interesting stuff. Uh, <laughs> but while I was there, so we were renovating a suburban house in Philadelphia, and we wanted to put in an intercom system. And the quote came back uh, for it was five thousand dollars or so for the same you know, old, ugly analog system my parents had put in twenty years ago. Like literally the exact same system they put in twenty years ago. Um, so probably as any consumer would do these days, I, I went online and Googled Wi-Fi intercom, and it was very surprised that it didn't exist. So I started and this is thinking, circa 2013, 2014. So, yeah, so, so that was 2013, um, and that's that's mind-boggling. Like, there's nothing. That's one of those things you just go, wait, why didn't that exist? Yeah, like exactly. And 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 I thought about it a lot. And I, and I think I mentioned before. I think like the big tech companies overlook it because maybe they don't necessarily, uh, you know, spend that much time with the target market. And a lot of the big intercom companies, you know, the Newtones and iPhones, you know, they were having fun selling old deprecated systems for, you know, $5,000. And they, the thing uh, is, there, there are, there's Wi-Fi baby monitors, though. I think, and I think there were Wi-Fi baby monitors back then. Those are early days. But so they, there was some Wi-Fi communication, video communications, but there just wasn't any intercom systems. Yeah, and it could be because, you know, intercoms are, are not sexy. I mean, it reminds everyone of, like, their grandmother. Um, you know, oh, yeah, my grandmother had an intercom. I remember visiting her. Um, but, you know, when you think about what you can do, you know, when you add Wi-Fi and camera and speakers and microphone and touchscreen, right, it actually becomes very sexy, right, to put, be able to put that up throughout your house and, you know, integrate Alexa, uh, the ability to do, you know, whether it's security, music, you know, smart home control, um, from a very natural interface, so you're not asking people to to buy something just to to control their smart home, which you know we've seen like the the hubs have come and gone. Um, but this is asking people to buy something because they want to communicate with their family, and through that they can also do all sorts of other cool stuff. So you got the quote, you did a little yeah. research in 2013, and mm-hmm. like you're surprised you didn't find anything, and then you went to Vegas and you, were, <laughs> you had your fingers crossed when you arrived in Vegas. What happened? Uh, so I went to CES and, uh, which I've always wanted so to January do. 2014, just to say. Yeah, exactly. Time. Which I was, I always wanted to do as a, as a, you know, geek growing up, but I finally had a good excuse to do. Um, so I went there and I'd done a lot of First, I just, I just want to insert a footnote. I've been going for like 15, 16 years and I've never like started a cool startup. Like, so you go once, <laughs> you go once and uh, yeah, so I just go, I want to do the comparison for everyone. So go ahead, <laughs> go ahead now. But I don't have a very popular smart home show. So, oh, wow. Well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, but, the revenue well, capabilities for your product versus mine, I think, are much higher. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so, 
well, before the show, I did a lot of research. I did market research. I put up a fake website, you know, seeing if people would buy. Um, I did surveys. I interviewed contractors. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay. I, I, I'm sorry to keep interrupting you. So the fake website, did like you actually put up like a Wi-Fi intercom and to test it? Yeah, I, I literally used, I mean, I'm not a designer by any way, shape, or form. So I literally used Microsoft Paint to uh, create a picture of a prototype. Um, I used an unbalanced page and put it up there and you know, bought maybe $100 of Google Ads. What did you find out? Did it work? Yeah. So with literally $100 of Google Ads, you know, I didn't actually take credit card numbers. If I put it before them, it's like order now. You know, and then you know, people could enter like their name and email address and maybe the number of units they wanted and then you know when they did i you know left a message and said hey you know we're, we're thinking of creating this you know, i'll let you know if we do um and i think with a hundred dollars of google ads i got something like you know four thousand dollars of and i'll use air quotes here like orders <laughs> um you know but it was it was real interest right you know people were, were clicking on the the google ad and and finding this page with literally like a, a you know, Microsoft Paint mock-up of an intercom and, and expressing some form of interest. Um, so I did that. I, I spoke with contractors. I spoke with people who renovated homes recently. Um, just wanted to see if there was a market out there, and, and there certainly appeared to be so. But like the last piece of the research was to make sure no one else was doing it. So I went to Vegas, walked you know the entire show, um, saw no one else was doing it, and the next day I started it. Wow. So you started it, and you had never started a business. I mean, I think being a business consultant, be you know, coming from BCG, you have a little more advantage if you just came straight from me. Like if you're just a rabbi and never went to BCG, I think that would have been, you know, it would have been harder <laughs> for just a layperson to try. So, but how did you get from consultant um, to kind of being an entrepreneur? Did you did you kind of tap into your network of experts or your your uh, connections? So, I mean, the, the real trick is you make. Lots and lots, lots of mistakes, <laughs> and you try to learn from them. Um, I mean, when I think back to those early days and just how dumb I was, um, and how much money I wasted on on dead ends and and stupidity. Um, but it, I mean, the the real answer is a you learn from your mistakes, uh, but b you find good people, and I found the most amazing co-founders. Uh, so, you know, first was our CTO Isaac Levy, who. Um, basically invented or helped invent the technology behind Google Hangouts, a WebRTC expert um, who within literally three days of joining um, had a better prototype than I had managed to get done in a few months you know, prior to him starting. Uh, and then Morley Ivers, uh, who joined uh, as president and helped lead our, our BD and partnership efforts. Um, and he's the one that helped us partner with Foxconn and Lowe's and Amazon um, so finding the right people to partner with makes all the difference. Yeah. So having um, the guy who did Google Hangouts is kind of good. That's kind of pretty- <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good skill set to have for a, <laughs> you know a video intercom system. So, and then you you got to the point where in August you're actually shipping products. So really from January 2014 to so basically took two and a half years to get from uh, we're doing this to shipping. Uh, yeah, and, and, and partially when I think back to just, you know, how stupid I was, uh, back at the time. So in, I guess, uh, when was CVN 2014? Uh, September, October, you know, 2014 or so. Um, Isaac and I went and we had this, you know, big, bulky prototype that literally had an Android tablet inside a 3D printed, like, mock up. 
and we started taking orders and we announced we're going to ship in six months. Because of course, right? That's just what it takes. It only takes six months from you know 3D printed you know, prototype until <laughs> until shipping. Uh, and you know, two years later, we finally ship. And uh, but it's it's been a great, interesting, uh, exciting journey. And I think there was a story in TechCrunch. You guys had your first TechCrunch story. Story is probably exciting. Uh, October. About a year ago, you raised the money. Then had you was that your first uh, was that your first raise in October of 2015? Uh, we had done a friends and family round, you know, a couple of months in, uh, and then a like a small seed round uh, beforehand. Uh, but that was the first. That was the first like significant amount. That was the first time I could breathe a little bit easier because we had you know more than two months of runway in the bank. Um, and having Foxconn come on board as, as our lead investor was, was incredible. I mean, they are, they are amazing. I mean, uh, we would not be here today without them. Uh, I mean, the resources that they can bring to bear and their expertise, um, is I think why we've been able to get to market in the first place when so many hardware startups, uh, you know, don't make it through. I mean, even last week I was, I was, you know, in Taiwan, visiting with them, and you know, as soon as there's an issue, they ramp up teams and and teams upon teams, you know, to go fix things. And with them as not just our manufacturer, but also lead investor, right? They're they're very yeah, they're they're very careful uh, and and uh, hold our hands through through all the ups and downs. Now, when I looked at the the TechCrunch article, you guys had kind of hinted at adding uh, additional features like security, etc. And you know. I, I think and that's one of the thoughts I had. Do you want to kind of go down this like path over time where you, you make it like a security device? Um, you, you know, certainly with, with Alexa, you have some, some layer of smart home capabilities just through Alexa skill integration. But do you guys have plans over time to make this more than just an intercom system? Uh, so I'll say like, yes, I know. So yes, it definitely will become more than just an intercom system. And we have, you know, all sorts of interesting plans, but the, the no is like for now, we're doubling down on instant seamless, you know, HD communication. Like, and we've seen like, this is what's resonating when people write the reviews and people write emails to us and say that their 90 something year old grandmother has, was able to figure out how to use it. And it, it's just made her life so much better that you know she was able to talk to her grandkids whenever she wants it's clear that turning this into the swiss army knife would just bring back your initial question of why not just put an ipad on your wall right we're never going to be able to compete with an ipad uh you know there are you know a couple hundred billion dollars in cash uh you know of r&d there um but doubling down the communication being able to always be a simple device that helps people communicate with each other you know is is something we really want to perfect before looking elsewhere and people can pick up the nucleus today on your website, which I think is at nucleuslife.com. Is that correct? Uh, correct. Yeah. And then um, Amazon and Lowe's. You guys are in brick and mortar in Lowe's. Uh, correct. And and that aligned well with like the strategy of going after like the mass market and and the audience that sometimes could be I don't call it overlooked, but but not necessarily the primary audience for a lot of tech companies. But like this is our bread and butter, right? Like the the typical suburban family who's shopping at Lowe's on a Saturday or Sunday, um, you know, is is our core customer. Hey, well, Jonathan, thanks for spending time with me today. Thank you so much. It's really a pleasure. Uh, I've been you know following you for years, and it's an honor to finally talk with you. Oh, well, thanks. Have a have a great uh, 
rest of the year, and uh, maybe we'll see you at CES. If you're still, I'm sure you're still going back to CES. Yeah, we'll, we'll be there. All right, talk to you then. Okay, thanks so much. All the best. So what do you think? Would you use a video intercom system? I don't know. If you have kids, if you have grandparents, or you have parents that live in a distant city, it might make sense. Or you might just use Skype. I don't know. I, th- I think it's interesting. I think that's a question to be determined. I think it's one of those categories that'll be interesting to watch. Could be one of these breakout categories over the next year or two. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it. That's it for now. Thanks for listening to the Smart Home Show. You know where to subscribe if you aren't already subscribed. iTunes, other podcast spaces. If you like the show, uh, rate it in iTunes. We always appreciate that. And if you want to have a conversation with me on Twitter, get a Twitter shout out. Uh, follow me. Say hi. I'm at Michael Wolf on Twitter. Michael Wolf. No E on the Wolf. People want to add a knee to my last name. I don't understand that. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Oh.